This is Kyle McCord, and you're listening to Austin, Felix, and Matt on the Debbie Debate. Welcome to the Debbie Debate. All right, boys. Are we ready to debate? Austin, you tweeted something, girl. You tweeted your running back tonight. Explain yourself. Boy, that escalated quickly. I mean, that really got out of hand. <laughs> Who jumped up and... That's Austin Nate. Who is going to be that guy? And for me, Bijan Robinson is still going to be that guy. Back to the ground with Robinson, who spins and then tries to bounce it. A stiff arm, another one as he rides it, keeps his balance. They're going to say he stepped out, but I'm... I'm Felix Sharp. I know you didn't think that we would get through this episode without mentioning the name one Zach F. Wilson. Screener draw. Oh, Wilson. He's going to uncork for the end zone. And he drops it in beautifully. And it is his roommate, Dax Milne, on the touchdown. That's Matt Brody. G. Scott Jr. Obviously, I whacked poetic about him on the last episode, so I won't do that again here. And this time it's Fields on the carry. Watch out! Justin Fields! Hello, Columbus! 51 yards! Bruno, are you ready to go head to head with me? I am. Gotta get my popcorn out here. Hold on. Gotta continue. I got it. Kyle McCord is going to end up winning the job. He's going to be rated higher. Um, well, I'm not nearly as passionate about what I'm about to talk about. Uh, our apologies to Kirk Street and Atlanta's time. We'll get to reschedule soon. And for Matt Bruning and Austin A. I'm Felix Sharp. Good night and good luck. It's 9.30 Eastern time, the only time zone that didn't enter the transfer portal. That means it's time for the Debbie Debate, brought to you by campstacan.com. That's Matt Bruning. That's Austin Nace. And I'm Felix Sharp on the latest version of tonight's show. Who will win the Heisman in 2022? Will it be Caleb Williams or Jackson Dart starting for Lincoln Riley? And and will Brian Kelly start talking like he's from Louisiana? But we start with what has been an absolutely insane, insane week with the transfer portal, um, the rivals transfer portal, uh, Twitter handle, I think, has gained 7,000 followers this week, and rightfully so. They've been doing a little bit of the Lord's work. Um, Matthew, who are you most surprised about um, is entering the transfer portal this week? I think the easy answer is Chip Trianum. I, I was really, really surprised when I saw that, especially – like. If if we thought if we knew Rashad White was coming back, which we know he's leaving, he's going to the Senior Bowl. You cannot come back to college after you accept the invite to the Senior Bowl. Then I could see him saying, "Hey, you know what? I don't want to play mixed with whether it's split time with Rashad or behind Rashad. I'm going somewhere else." But I don't see anybody else in that backfield challenging him for carries. So the fact that he's transferring out, maybe it's because he knows something's coming down sanction wise, or maybe him and Herm don't, just don't get along. Outside of that, like that. That transfer doesn't make any sense to me. And I'll add, I the Hayner one too. The only thing I can think of is I guess he didn't get maybe he's already reached out some to some NFL people and he's not getting the draft capital or he doesn't think he's gonna get drafted high enough that maybe that's why he's transferring. I, the rumor is he's going to Washington, but I would think after the year he just put up again. 
with Fresno, now would be the time to come out. Those two are kind of the most confusing to me. On Trinum, I don't think it has anything to do with potential sanctions because um, we would have seen more players, you know, dropping from that program. And we haven't seen like a mass exodus. So yeah, I think it has something to do with the coaches. We've talked a little bit about whether or not Chip Trinum is overrated or not. I don't think we, I mean, we haven't really seen him carry the load and he's going to get better with additional reps. So wherever he goes, he's going to be in his third season. He is built like a player who can carry the ball 25, 30 times. He's a good, I mean, he was as an athlete, he's literally an athlete uh, designated by 24 seven. So I'm interested to see if he can go somewhere that can tap into his potential ceiling. Cause I, I mean, maybe we've hyped him up, but his ceiling is very, very high. Um, Austin, what would you say is the player school match that could have the biggest impact on player value? So I'm already starting to hear rumors about this. And I think we kind of speculated that, you know, would this be a possibility on campus life this week? Jameer Gibbs to Bama is a rumor that I've been hearing a little more over the past couple of days, ever since he entered the portal, they lose Brian Robinson this year. He's not necessarily the typical Bama back that they've had over the past 10 years, but he's proven he's dynamic. He's just another weapon there for them. I think unless he just absolutely Mm -hmm. goes there and does terribly, that Bama bump locks him in as a top, as a as a day one, day two pick, Probably like day two. Most like, like I, I think it's just a fact at that point that that's that's where he ends up going. I think that he was already locked in as a day two pick. I think so too, but like Bama makes it certain, right? You have that after Bama makes name. it certain. Bama makes it certain, and you think, I mean, you know, I wish that Sarkeesian was still there, but you think about what that offense could look like. First of all. Bama's backfield is low key kind of trash right now. I mean, I don't think that there's an, I don't think that we know that there's an NFL guy in that backfield the, amongst the running backs. But you think about what Jameer Gibbs would look like with Bryce Young. Maybe, I don't, I don't know if uh, if Billingsley is going to recover from being in the doghouse. JoJo Earl, you think is going to have a a larger role next year? John Mechie, I believe, is still going to be there, and then it's going to be either Brooks or Hall on the outside. I mean, that's a lot of really nice weapons. I don't know that they have the speed that they've had in years prior uh, on the outside, but I mean, Jameer Gibbs could, that would be a, I mean, that would be a perfect scenario for him, especially with Bryce Young's ability, ability to scramble without running and find people downfield. I mean, we see what Jameer Gibbs does with Georgia tech down the field. He, I mean, he might be one of their best deep threats to be honest with you, if he goes to Alabama next year. So, um, I, the Tennessee, the, he's going to Tennessee, that never made sense to me. I'm like, Josh Heupel's offense does not seem to fit like a any sort of running back. I mean, he, so I, I didn't I didn't think that um, that Tennessee was the case. So, um, all right, boys, Anthony Richardson. What, what a, Matt, I mean, do you have feelings about him going to Bama? Yeah, I, was, I know uh, Felix mentioned uh, that he wishes Sark was still there. I mean, looking at – how many receptions the running backs have got though with Bill O'Brien? I think, I mean, I didn't even realize it until I just looked. Brian Robinson has 30 receptions this year. You're telling me Jameer Gibbs could get 30 receptions? 
I, I would almost, and I, I hate to, I, I hate agreeing with Felix, but I, I think that would almost put him up with like Bijan as a possible lock first round pick if Jameer oh, yeah. gets 30 receptions with Bam and yeah. Even if he gets 15 to 20, what he can do in that offense, I think would almost lock him in as a first round pick. I We have so many takes on this show that I forget them, but I have said, I think I've said on this show that I think Jameer Gibbs is the next player who could rush for a thousand and have a thousand yards receiving at the next level. I, th- I think that, that is a possibility if he's utilized uh, right. And he could be utilized correctly next year at Alabama. And he, the, I, the last thing I want to say about that is the, the thing about that match with Alabama is that there's really not anybody for him to share the backfield with. I mean, he would be clearly the best option at Alabama. And I think that he would get, you know, 60, 70, 80% of the workload there. So um, what do you think that would do to Jace Jace McClellan? That's what I was about to ask Because they've used him a lot in a receiving role there. I would like the the staff there has seemed to think that Roydell Williams is the Brian Robinson, like surrogate. When Robinson is out, Roydell Williams gets those carries, plays that role for whatever reason, even though Jace McClellan is 210 plus pounds. Like I, Maybe he just goes down in first contact all the time in practice. I don't know. But they, they've seemed sold on that. McClellan suffered the knee injury out for the rest of the year. I mean, does that create a domino effect? Where Because they actually don't have another. Like, they have Trey Sanders, the mm-hmm. other big back there. But Kamar Wheaton, backs are, there. Kamar Wheaton yeah. who's not a big back. Yeah. Emmanuel Henderson supposedly going there. He's not a big back. Uh, they just got that kid that decommitted from Texas is going there. Like he's not a big back. Like it's really, I think it's going to be the Roy Dell and Gibbs show if that were yeah. to happen. Just and, and there's nothing that maybe it'd be his third year. Maybe. I mean, yeah, there's nothing that I any of those backs does better than Jameer Jameer Gibbs. So um, I, I hope that we hear some news about that in the next week or so. I guess, and we, and we know Saban will use him on kicks and punts. Yes, well, he yeah. loves that shit. Yes, who's my best yes. player? I'm putting him back there and hoping he doesn't die. Yes, he loves yes. that. <laughs> yeah. So, um, let, let uh, Matt, you mentioned Jake Hayner and him coming back. Listen, the word is he is going. It makes sense. He's going to go with DeBoer. Now, Austin, I'm going to ask you this question since you're the Jake Hayner hater. Um, what is Jake Hayner's ceiling as far as the NFL draft? If he, in fact, replicates what he did this year at Fresno State if he does that next year with Washington. Well, I know the NFL doesn't necessarily always care if a guy is just super old coming out of college, but he's <laughs> going to be 24 next offseason. Like, that's old and for a, for an NFL draft pick, especially at a position like quarterback where, you know, these guys don't always play immediately or aren't good immediately. Like, you're losing – you know, Zach Wilson comes in at 21 and he sucks for two years. It's fine if he hits on the third year, he's 24. If Jake Hayner sucks for two years, he's 26, 27 years old. Like, that's the that's investment is not be totally great. different, though. The investment so, in those two players is, is going to be totally different. Well, that's, I mean, meaningful draft capital for, you know, what our purposes are, which is the disconnect between the draft community and the fantasy community is day one, day two. We don't really care that much about day three. I mean, you can find your your dart throws there, but like generally, I thought he could be like a fourth round guy. Yeah. I don't even think he's getting that feedback if he's going back for a sixth season and following his head coach back to his school that he already left. That he already left. Like he didn't get the I think it's because Dylan Morris was named the starter, wasn't it? So um, um Max um Browning was still there, right? 
or Jake Brown, Jake Browning, Jake Browning, Jake, yeah, Jake Browning. I think he was still the start. That's how long he's been in school. Like these dudes are still there. So I, like, I think this means that like he's no more than a fifth or sixth round pick. Like, honestly, I think that's probably the earliest he goes at this point. Why? Like, he wasn't invited to the senior bowl or anything, like the shrine bowl. Like, he we don't know if you've not gotten any invites to these things. Yeah, he the made. Shrine, I don't even think the Shrine Bowl is around anymore. Didn't the Shrine is, Bowl not it, exist it anymore? Is. No, it's there. It's like the well, second tier one. Because uh, some that, somebody, that, oh, uh, Calvin Turner just accepted uh, uh, offer there. Okay, so I, yeah, I mean, Hayner could have been agreed. invited, but if he knew he was coming back, he's not going to accept the invite. So, but if he would have gotten the invite, that would have meant that he's probably going to go in the first four rounds. Right. Like you know what I mean? Like that. It, yeah. so, if yeah. he didn't get that invite, then that wasn't where he was going. I don't. He's one of my favorite players, and I don't think that you, Austin. I don't think that you and I disagree. I'm saying that he is the fourth, fifth round draft pick that I will be targeting. And you're saying he's nothing but a fourth or fifth round draft pick, and I'm like, yeah. Well, I, th- yeah, I thought I'm fourth round, him. and I could have lived with that, but now I yeah. think he's like a sixth round guy. Like I think he's late day three. I just I I can't see him going earlier than that. Anthony Richardson didn't enter the transfer portal. Should he have? I don't know. Audio is, there medium, good, is there a good answer to this? No. <laughs> I mean, I, I don't know. I guess it, I imagine he was probably Billy, Billy Napier's first call. I don't know that he wants Emory Jones. I, I would imagine he had to have some kind of discussion with Napier, whether it's a, we're giving it, it's a full on QB battle. We're not committing to Emory, even though he was the starter last year, or it was a, Hey, you're going to be our starter. I, I don't know why he would stay otherwise. So I, I would assume he had some kind of conversation with Napier. I, I know a lot of the coaches do that. We already we know um, Brian Kelly had that talk with Walker Howard as soon as he accepted the LSU job to try and make sure he didn't decommit. I imagine that was one of the first calls Napier, Napier made. So, no, I mean, no, Napier runs a good offense. I think he'll be fine there with him. Well, it's it's – like Anthony Richardson needs an offense specifically tailored to him. And you know, what Billy Napier does is emphasize the running game. And so if, if he's going to do that, but then put in the, because quite frankly, Dan, some of those plays that Dan Mullen had in for Anthony Richardson were damn creative. They're very creative plays. And so I wish I would have gotten to see, um, uh, uh, Anthony Richardson with Dan Mullen. If you look at Dan Mullen's quarterback history, he actually has a very impressive uh, NFL QB history as far as developing NFL quarterbacks. But I, you know, we'll see. We'll see if, if, if where do, where Nathan does he go though? I mean, you, you say he's got to go to well, an offensive would, mind. I mean, yeah. So he was recruited there by the quarterbacks coach and um, an offensive line coach who were just fired. So I would predict that he would go to wherever those one of those two landed or where Mullen landed if Mullen got like an assistant job somewhere. So um, Spence, I think Spencer Rattler is a good fit in Ole Miss. I mean, I, I know that there's personality issues there, um, but I just, you know, rocket arm RPO system. I think that he would be fine. And as, to be honest with you, I think that he could uh, regain his stock to be a first round draft pick if he, goes and joins with Lincoln Riley. I don't think he's a bad person, but I, mean, I think Lane that Kiffin. personality is just like those two. It's 
And the word on the street is, I was talking to Nate Marquise today, and I think this is, I've heard other people say this as well, that their offensive coordinator and Dylan Gabriel are close. So that's probably a Dylan Gabriel destination. That's probably their first choice, assuming he stays there and not Spencer Rattler. Just throwing that out there. I don't like that. Dylan Gabriel does not have a first-round ceiling. But remember Matt Corral very early on was considered to be a knucklehead, you know, maybe a bit of a problem in the locker room or problem personality. And he's been, you know, he's, he's going to be one of the first quarterbacks taken now. So that's, I think that's the other reason why I thought um, old old miss could be a destination for, for Rattler. Um, we haven't even talked about Zach Evans. We haven't. The, as far I as no I know, idea. the only offensive five star in the portal, um, off the back of a really good season. I mean, do you guys have a, a spot for him? He's from Texas. That kind of already rules out most. Like Baylor would be fun. I think they lose Abram Smith. I don't. I don't know. Would Baylor be fun? Baylor. They run the ball a ton. I don't know. Uh, they, I mean, but under defensive head coach Dave Aranda, is that where you want to see? I mean, I want to see him in, at USC or at you know. Yeah, I feel like USC is the easy answer. That's, I mean, that's, that's kind of <laughs> I want everybody to go to USC. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, the I. What about oh no, they've got I was gonna I was gonna be a real like just really hate myself. I was like, what about Michigan? But they've got Corum there, so well Corum and Edwards. Oh uh, yeah, I forgot about Edwards. Corum and Edwards. Mm-hmm. Evans, so, Kentucky. Evans to Kentucky. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean if Rodriguez is Rodriguez a uh, uh I think he is not. He's a junior, he is not. isn't he? I mean, even if Zach Evans has a is a diverse enough skill set and is is efficient with the ball, I mean, even if he got you know sixty percent of the touches there, I think he could be fine. Even if it was a 50-50 split with someone like Richie, but <laughs> Kentucky's not had a back like like Zach Evans. Um, that's 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 a place where Chip Trainum can go and like, yep, that's a that's a that's the kind of running back that they get there at, at Kentucky. Um, all right, um, you can you can track the transfers if you'd like on the Debbie dashboard, Brandon Lejeune's Debbie dashboard. That's where I've been kind of paying attention. You can follow him at Debbie Deep Dive on Twitter. Um, uh, wh- there's one more word on Jameer Gibbs. I think this is just market correction because Jameer Gibbs, did, who didn't get a, a an offer from Georgia, being from Dalton, Georgia, didn't get a, a, a an offer from the school that's two hours away. He is clearly one of he's the he's the second best back uh, in the class to or the first that that's to me bar none. Uh, it's either Bijan or Jameer Gibbs, and um, this is a market market correction. He should have been at one of these blue blood schools all along, and now we're going to get to see it. And if it's at Alabama, it's going to be very very fun. Jameer right, Gibbs um, was was the weirdest evaluation because literally every lay person that I talked to. Thought he was a top three back in the class, and like all the recruiting <laughs> servers had him like in the twenties. It was like, yes. What yes. are you guys looking at? We all see right. it, and then he went and tore it up his freshman year. Like it was just well, we like, talked so to obvious. we talked to Alan. We talked to Alan True about this, and he says that that was just one of those guys that they didn't get eyes on. So, um, and that 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 happens from time to time. He said, at a place like Georgia, there are so many kids to scout. Sometimes you just don't get eyes on a guy, but it's, I mean, it, it was just very apparent that Jameer Gibbs was that dude just looking at his, uh, as at his high school, um, high school tape. So anything else that we want to say about these guys, these guys, Jade on blue is this year's Jameer Gibbs. Just throwing that out there. 
There we go. He's not he's not that there low, is he? He's 14th in the composite. Interesting. 24-7 has him at fourth, so tells you all I need to know right there. But. Austin, uh, let me can I turn it over to you for housekeeping? I would be happy to talk about some housekeeping. Mm-hmm. All right. So, guys, I was really mean last time. I think I hurt some feelings, but it also got results. So listen up. Prize picks, guys. If you guys haven't signed up for prize picks yet, go ahead, do that. It's an awesome website, player props, guys. I mean, we all know player props. We play fantasy every single week. Um, go ahead, sign up at prize picks, promo code C2C, get you an initial deposit match up to $100 and a free year subscription at campuscant.com if you deposit at least $20. Our website costs $30 for a year. So you do the math there. You're coming out ahead on that one. If you guys, uh, speaking of campusdecanton.com, that is the site that we are associated with. We are all proud founders of this beautiful website. We have all sorts of stuff going on there, guys. And honestly, the offseason might be even more rocking than in-season, guys, because we're going to have so much ADP data. We've got the player metrics tools, the coaching metrics. We've got articles. We've got rankings. I mean, we've just got a ton of stuff over there. So go ahead, check all of that out. $2.99 a month or $29.99 for a year. The Discord, if you guys are a member of the website and you're not in the Discord, we are going to be doing some giveaways here to celebrate the holidays. They're only available to those in the Discord. So go ahead, jump in there. You will get all the information you need. Uh, some signed jerseys of some big-name college players from, from years past. I believe I have a Javante Williams jersey sitting on my coffee table right now. UNC, pretty cool colorway. Give them that away, maybe, maybe. Go check it out. And then last, guys, rate and review the show. It really, really helps us um, shoot up all the charts and all that Don't kind of nice, stuff. Don't be nice, Austin. We want to be nice number to one. Shut up. Open up Apple Podcasts. Leave us a rate and review. Five stars. Tell us why we're the best. Tell Felix why he's the worst. Go do it now. That's all I got. It's, it's really sad that we can't get rate and reviews. It's just sad. Just sad. Um, all right, Matthew, you looked like you were going to say something. I was going to make a joke that about you and the fact that if you go read all the rate and reviews, there's nice ones about me and Austin. It's actually not mentioned you. Yeah, that's fine. That's fine. I can take it. Um, what, what did what did uh what did they say about Batman in that one movie? Not the, the hero that they need, not the hero that they yeah. want. Yeah, not right. the one they um, deserve. Yeah. yeah, not the one that they deserve. <laughs> Uh, coaching hires. Let's talk about it. I mean, Brian Kelly, to, I want to talk about this one first. Brian Kelly to LSU is not, doesn't seem to be a fit like on at first glance. Um, I Irish Catholic guy who's coached in, I mean, Grand Valley State, Central Michigan, Cincinnati, Notre Dame, LSU. Like one of these things is not like the other. What I don't even know what Brian Kelly is known for as, as a coach. When I th- when I th- think about it, recruiting. That's I mean, it. I think that he's known for um, making the best out of the talent that he has. But when I think back to like who has been Brian Kelly's like signature draftee, at least for the purposes of Debbie, I can't think of one off the top of me. I mean, Michael Floyd. Is Michael Floyd. Or Brian, uh, Tight ends, Cole Komet, um, Tyler Eifert. No, Tyler Eifert is Stanford. 
no, Tyler Eifert is Notre Dame, Eifert, right? Yeah, Notre Dame, yeah. Who's the other one they just had out of there recently? Do you have Kyle Rudolph? Uh, he's got Michael Mayer. Like yeah. He's actually produced quite a few tight ends. He's, I mean, this isn't fantasy, but they've also done a pretty good job of putting offensive linemen into the NFL as well. So that's true. I don't think anything that's else, that's probably it. Yeah. It's just those two. I mean – I agree with you. The one thing, what is it? But I guess the question is: is what? Like, if you could say, all right, Brian Kelly's going to Notre Dame. What positions does it um, increase the value of, if any, that are relevant to us in fantasy? The wide receivers, the tight ends, the running backs. I don't know that we can say because I think he's in a different position than he's ever been in, which is weird to say because the dude's I think like sixty years old. But he's he's had sustained success everywhere he's gone. Uh, I think the most success he's had is at Notre Dame, but the difference with Notre Dame and LSU is you have restrictions on who you can bring into Notre Dame due to the academic standards. There's no real academic standards at LSU. Uh, I'm very curious to see the way that he can recruit and the players that he can bring in. I've I've been very open and honest. I do not think he's a good coach. Uh, I, I, I mean, we've seen him lean too heavily on veterans sometimes, not be willing to go to the younger guys who may be more talented. But if he brings in good coordinators around him, we know he was trying to bring in Freeman. That's not happening now. He tried to bring in Reese to run the offense. He's Reese to stay with Notre Dame as well. If he can bring in good coordinators, what I do think is he's a very good CEO and he can run a program and build a culture. And that matters especially with the place like LSU. If he starts winning games, they're going to be able to bring in a bunch of recruits. And I think having the right coaches in place, that's that's what he does. So when it comes to like Devi and C2C-wise, I mean, I would guess if I had to pick one in the next couple of years running backs, because if he really does a good job yeah. of building up that offensive line, they're going to mm-hmm. be able to, to be able to run the ball. And maybe Walker Howard ends up being a good quarterback because he's got protection. And people forget, I mean, but there was a, a time where it seemed like LSU's running back mattered just as much as Wisconsin's running back with, you know, Stephen Ridley and Darius Geis. And I feel like I'm Leonard Fournette. For, <clears throat> Leonard Fournette. Yes, there was. A, they had a very good run, a very good run there at LSU. Um, Austin, I mean, any thoughts about Brian Kelly to to the Tigers? I think he fails there pretty quickly. Actually, I don't, and I don't like. I first off. I don't think anybody likes him, which is really, really weird. Like he's tried to get all these guys to come coach with him. And you just keep hearing stories of like, oh, yeah, this guy said no. This guy said like, I don't think people like him. And I don't think it's related at all to that stupid story that people are crying about, about him making those two guys come over and shovel his his walk or whatever. Like, I don't give a shit about that. But I I don't think he's well liked. I think he's going to have a hard time attracting top coordinators there. And... The the thing about the seniority, Matt, is the big point for me. I don't think it works at a big program. I don't think you can be a seniority. We just watched Dan Mullen go down in absolute flames because he's a seniority guy. That worked 20 years ago. It doesn't work anymore. Like I was having a discussion with Adam Lewis today. Like you can't expect kids to sit for two years anymore if they're a four-star prospect. That's not how it works. So I think that's going to hurt him majorly. I think he's too old. He really is. That's the problem. I, I did not cross paths with Brian Kelly at Grand Valley State, but I played with people who who played for him. And um, I think that when he took the central job, he just left. And, you know, they heard it from like an athletic director or something like that. And he never checked in on this senior class. That senior class at Grand Valley before Brian Kelly left, 
I don't think they may have not lost a game or something. They had some sort of ridiculous record, and he just may, you know, just didn't even really say goodbye and left some people scorned. So that seems um, to be a theme of his. Well, no, he actually had a meeting with the team, which I thought I would give him. Pro- he had a meeting with the team yesterday morning to say this is what's going on in person. Um, I'm leaving. So um, I actually, that's hard to do when you don't, you no longer have loyalty to that team. It's hard to do. So I'm going to give him props for that. I bet they don't even win four games in the SEC next year. <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, I their just, recruiting class watch. is horrible, though. Why? I don't, and it's not I don't a good think roster. The fans yeah, are going to turn on him so freaking quick. I This is bringing me back to like when we first started this show and it would be me and Matt arguing about something and then we would throw it up, throw it to Austin and he would be like, yeah, I don't agree with anything you guys said at all. And yeah. just feel like, like <laughs> he just said, I think he fails quick, quickly. I mean, he comes in here so subtly with these hot takes. I think he fails immediately. I don't um, think that's think a he, hot take. I think he, he falls no, flat on his face. I, I want to clarify. I do. I was not saying that I think he's going to succeed because I don't. I, I We talked yeah. uh, Nathan – uh, I don't know how to say his last name. Is it, is it Bork? Uh, does the program? We, we talked a lot after after the show yesterday, and he does. He thinks they're going to succeed. I'm like, bro, I, I hate to be mean, but they're not going to be good. Dude, I do every, not see them. Every t- When's the last time you heard a fan base just totally flame a higher? <laughs> it does. They're well, like, he, they're always optimistic. Yeah. Well, yeah. yeah. I was just like, I, I, well, I did the same thing as you. It's like they're they're not gonna be. Like, the only thing you can hope for is he hires good coordinators and that they're able to run the offense and defense. Once upon a time, a defensive minded head coach with a um, not so likable personality went from the Midwest to LSU, and that person's name was Nick Saban. So yeah, don't compare you know, to Nick Saban. I'm just, I'm just saying, I'm just saying. All right, um, uh, Lincoln Riley to USC, uh, Austin. Who's a better fit for Riley, Caleb Williams or Jackson Dart? I think they're both really good fits for him because I think Riley has kind of shown, and this year just totally throws this concept out the window. But I swear I'm not making this up. But he generally changes the offense to fit to fit the the strengths of whatever quarterback is there. He didn't even pretend that he did that this year, but that's fine. Um. Like I, he he had a completely different offense for Kyler that he had for Rattler that he had for Jalen Hurts. Like he, he really has for Baker. I mean he he has switched it up pretty well. So I think he's he's adaptable. Uh, I I actually don't think that Caleb Williams follows him there though. I don't know exactly what happens with him. Yeah. I because yeah, everybody else in that team has already entered the portal. Right. Like literally the entire roster is gone. All of the recruits yeah. are gone. It's like. It's it's that Will Smith where he walks into the room and all this stuff's gone. That's yep. exactly it, it, it. So I don't think he goes there. I think it, it's probably Dart, and I think Dart has a really nice season. That, Ray's Ray's commenting in the chat here. What's up, Ray? I, like he was saying something yesterday, and I, I responded like Dart is just like the perfect amount of gunslinger. I think yes, Lincoln Riley is really gonna like him. Like he's not over aggressive, but he's got kind of that you know effort. I'm uh, I'm throwing it up there kind of vibe. And he can run the ball a little bit too yeah. if Lincoln Riley decides to use him that way. But I I I think I said it on this show or maybe just coast to coast. I was really disappointed at Lincoln Riley's play calling with uh, Caleb Williams. They were running all of these three and five step drops, holding the ball for five seconds, not using Caleb Williams in the run game. That was just weird because we just never saw Lincoln Riley you know, false step on offense. And I feel like he did this season with the way he used 
the way he used Caleb Williams. So well, the, the tinfoil um, hats are already out saying that meant that he was already planning to go. To he USC. was distracted. He was that's why out. that's why he was recruiting the West Coast so hard. And yeah, it kind of it's kind of believable that maybe USC reached out to him earlier in the year. I mean, we all thought that Clay Helton was gone, anyways. I don't know right. that he accepted the job right away, but would you really be surprised if 10 years down the road, well, not 10 years, he, probably, he might still be at USC, 20 years down the road that we hear Lincoln Riley was actually like in contact with USC like before the season even started? Like, hey, if this goes south for us, we're interested in bringing because it happened pretty quickly once that Oklahoma season was over. And I really doubt that USC just picked up the phone as soon as they lost to Baylor. It was like, hey, Lincoln, how you doing? By the way, you interested in coming Well, he out said that he did not talk to them until Sunday. And then it happened. Yeah, of course, that's what well, he's going to say. He's real sneaky with his wording, yeah. though. He is. Yeah. He's, he probably, was, he probably he emphasized, he I didn't talk to him as his agent yeah. sitting there beside him on the phone. Like, yeah. hey, they said that they're going to offer you this. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. 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 Um, is is top seven, top eight, because I think that that's where Jackson Dart is going to end up going next year. Is that too high? Top, like, are you talking about top eight? Altogether? Amongst top quarterbacks. Eight quarterbacks. Amongst, amongst, no. okay. amongst no. quarterbacks. Amongst quarterbacks, no. I, I'll say we just did a Debbie mock, me and Austin did. He did not go in our top 24 picks. And how well, many quarterbacks yeah. went? Four, I think. He didn't go. So that's, huh. He didn't, Oops. no. CJ was the last one to go in the second round. So he, uh, but no, I think he should go top 10. He was the sixth round pick last year, which is higher than I expected when I went in and looked at the ADP. And that was again, not knowing granted, there's a lot of people at the website who were talking about the downfall of Keaton Slovis before many other people were. So maybe that's why a lot of people were, were taking him because they all thought that was going to happen. But he was the sixth round pick ADP wise last year. So no, I think top 10 is fair, especially He's probably going to get boosted up even more than that because Lincoln Riley is his head coach, yeah. especially if we know Caleb Williams is staying at Oklahoma. There is still some uncertainty. I mean, I've entertained negotiating for Jackson Dart, and the fact that Caleb Williams might go there is like being thrown into negotiations. So I, I offered you Jackson that. Dart in a league not that long ago, <laughs> and you were like, why would I, I want Jackson Dart? I'll have to dig up the text. I'm pretty sure that was your response. (laughs) Well, I mean, you can dig up a lot of texts where I've said something ridiculous. Um, All right. Um, Let's, I want to move on here to these college awards. Um, I'm going to go through each of them, including the Heisman, but the positional awards. And I'll tell you who the finalists are. And I want you guys to tell me who you think can win, not this year, but in 2022. All right, so I'll tell you the award, who the finalists are this year. You tell me who you think uh, can win in 2022. Um, Austin, we'll start with you. The Bolitnikoff Award, the finalists this year are Jordan Addison, David Bell, and Jamison Williams. The Ohio State guys got spurned. Um, it's not true. And, and Ohio State Buckeyes going to win it this year. It's going to be Jamison Williams. He's always going to be connected. Are oh, you still claiming him? This is like Felix's Detroit thing, right? Absolutely. We okay. are definitely going to keep claiming. I mean – he gonna, won't, and his dad won't. But the okay. but the but their room still loves him. They they still support him. But yeah, I think he, I think he wins it this year. And Ohio State. I think he does too. Which would be two, three years in a row that a uh, uh, Alabama wide receiver has won it. Judy Smith Williams. Now, yep. Who's going to win in twenty twenty two? Austin. That's a good question. Um, you want I. Me to go? <laughs> Please. 
I mean, uh, the obvious. I think the obvious choice, depending on how Boutte comes back from injury, is probably Jackson uh, Smith and Jigba, right? I mean, I if Boutte's there and fine from day one, then I think you have to throw him up there too. But again, the heck's LSU's offense going to look like? Are they just going to run it 40 times a game and throw it to the tight end, the other 12? I mean, this is the thing, though. Kayshawn Boutte could go out and have a thousand yard receiving in like seven games. And if they're like they've won four or something like that, or they're three and he's, I don't think he's going to play the rest of the season. I think he's like, all right, I'm just, I'm, I'm done. And I think that that would be the smart thing to do. Um, Matthew, you, you want me to give you put my potential? Uh, I, I got some dark horses. Or I got a dark horse since uh, I didn't know if Austin was going to go JSN or not. That'd have been my pick. Uh, Parker if, Washington. If you say, I was going to say, if you say another Ohio yes. State kid, I quit this show. But okay. no, I was not going to go. Parker Washington <laughs> with Drew Aller. I think Penn State can compete in the Big Ten next year. They'll be one of the better teams. I, it, I really think, I mean, granted, there's a lot of talk that Sean Clifford might come back, and dear God, if James Franklin lets him start again, it's not even if be he good does. For Parker Washington, but I mean, if he, but Drew Aller has so much more upside, I think. I, I think that offense would go to an entire new level with him there. I, I think even he's a, he, a guy even, that I would put a little money Even on. if Sean Clifford comes back, I think we can see uh, Sean Clifford can feed one guy. I just, he just can't feed two. And I love me, I love Parker Washington. As a, I don't care that he didn't, you know, blow up in his second year. He's fine. Some other guys to consider: Josh Downs. I was going to say Drake Downs. May. My biggest fear with them is I don't think they're going to win enough games to, to be considered. I think if if well, UNC is bad again, I don't I don't know. I just want to say something really quickly because I got some pushback when I said this the other day. I it's not a guarantee that Drake May takes that job. I'm just throwing that out there. That right. is not. A, that is yeah. not. Now, they they keep putting they kept putting that one kid out there. Yeah, kind of makes fun of him coast to coast that one time. Yeah. So, um, another dark horse, Charleston Rambo. Charleston Rambo, if he comes back, uh, he's, he's how got, old you know, is he? That's the he's old, Robertson but, all over again. Holy I mean, we God. saw this with uh, D.D. Westbrook. D.D. Westbrook was an older older prospect. He won it. Um, that Miami. It sounds like that. Well, except for Rhett Lashley, but the, at least the head coach is going to remain in place. It seems like at Miami, so they'll have consistency there. Probably between offensive scheme and player quarterback, wide receiver, um, and Tyler Van Dyke didn't even start this whole season. So you want to know a real uh, dark horse? You're going to say who yeah. I think you are? Gary Bryant Jr. No, yeah. I got someone else in the Pac-12 though. Ooh, okay. But I like that. Jalen yeah. McMillan with Jay Kaner in a Washington offense. I I is this a hot take to say that I li- I think I might like Odunze more than him now. No, I, I really liked what Odunze did in those past couple of games, so no, I'm with you. That could be. I think either one of them. If Hainer is able to go out there and do what he did at Fresno State, whoever the wide receiver one is in Washington, because I, I, outside of Oregon, Washington's the best defense in that conference. I, I think that he could have a lot of very good games up there. Jake Hainer can support more than one wide receiver. He can support. Uh, he can support an entire cast of offensive players, so – um, How much does his agent off. pay you, by the way, every episode when you talk about him like this? I'm just curious. I just like, listen, I like to shoot from deep, okay? I've said we that know. a lot. So we know, you guys Steph. We know. Move you guys on. like talking no about you know, C.J. Stroud and Jackson Dart. I'm going to go a little bit far deeper in the rankings if that's all right with you. Jackson Dart, who 11... you didn't want 
yeah. anything to do with like four weeks ago. <laughs> yeah. I don't know that I said it like okay. that. Okay, <laughs> make sure. In, in the last 11 years, the Blitnikoff Award winner has been a first-round draft pick eight times. So um, it's a pretty good indication of potential draft do you, capital. Do you have the three that didn't go first round? I'm just curious now. Yeah, it's Marquise Lee. Um, oh, shit. He actually had Westbrook. <laughs> and uh, I can't remember who the third is. So um, I I don't remember. Uh, And I can, I did not remember that Marquise Lee won the Blitnikoff award. I was like, okay. Um, Let's see, where are we going? Doak Walker, finalists this year are Tyler Batty, Brees Hall, and Kenneth Walker. Matthew, who's going to win in 2022? I feel like this is easier. Is it? I mean, I get if Gibbs goes to Alabama, I could see it. I kind of think Sean Tucker could win it next year. If he does that again Ooh. at Syracuse. Did you all see that Sean Tucker just absolutely called out his offensive coordinator on Twitter? I did not, that but was, that makes me not want to vote well, for him They fired the offensive coordinator. Okay. Uh, he apparently loves Dino Babbers and... Um, I thought it was super inappropriate that all these Debbie guys came in and fucking retweeted that tweet that he put out. I'm just putting that out there. I mean, I I would Uh, say Travion is an easy answer as well, but I didn't want to go Travion. So I'll go like a Sean Tucker. Austin. Yeah, I think those that probably covers my favorites for it. I mean, Braylon Allen, I think you have to mention him as a name if he puts up a similar full season to what he did over the half year this year, he would have to be in that mix. Um, what about Lou Nichols? Can a guy from that small of a school win it? That, that'll be, that would be a question. Cause like, I'm not even sure that Syracuse would win enough games for Tucker to even be like in the conversation. Yeah. I'm glad that you asked because the last time a G five guy won the dope, uh, the dope Walker award was 1991. Trevor Cobb. Uh, I wasn't alive for that. Oh, <laughs> you, oh, you weren't alive fuck. in 1991. No. Oh my god. This this motherfucker right here. Okay, that kind of shoots down my other dark horse. So. Wisconsin has had four winners since 2012. Uh, do you guys want to guess them? Since since you were four, Austin, we might not give uh, Matt. You might get it. Well, Melvin Gordon, Jonathan Taylor, who's Twice. the one that really sucked that I cannot Monte remember Ball. his name. Monte Ball. That's Monte who it Ball. Was, yeah. Monte Ball. Or I, I shouldn't say sucked. He Monte. was good in college. He was horrible when he got he to was, the NFL. Yeah, Monte Ball. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I think a dark horse has to be Chase Brown at Illinois, um, because if we're going to talk about Wisconsin running backs. You know, winning it while Brett Bielema's at Illinois right now, and Chase Brown actually has a thousand yards rushing on the season. Um, and if they improve at all and have you know a dramatic uh, uh, increase in their in their win win column, Chase Brown could potentially be the catalyst for that. So, Chase Brown's my dark horse. All right, um, Davy O'Brien. The finalists are Kenny Pickett, C.J. Stroud, and Bryce Young. I think that we could see. Two of these, actually, I feel like we're guaranteed to see two of these names next year, Austin. Who do you got winning, winning it in 2022? Uh, good question. I, I I do think it probably, that like the two guys on that list that are coming back next year have to be the favorite. If I had to pick somebody that's not on that list, 
I mean, I think you have to throw out Jackson Dart, assuming that he's the, you know, whoever ends up being the starter there for Lincoln Riley is always in play for all of these awards. Um, I don't want to say this. Do I have to say this? Say it. Say it. Tyler, Tyler Van Dyke. I thought you were going to say Jake Hayner, but just Tyler Van Dyke makes me happy. I, I, I mean, Hayner, maybe. I, I, I don't know. I mean, he's familiar with it. It seems like offense, Jake Hayner so. is more of a candidate to get one of these like academic good athlete awards that they give to some old kid who's been. Is there an AARP award? He could probably win that. <laughs> he did hurt his hip this year. This all fits. <laughs> get him a life. And he also beat what? The number three team in the country by himself? He looked great before that hip injury. I'm not gonna lie. I thought I, I said I thought he outplayed Carson Strong in that matchup he had there. So, um, Carson Strong, by the way, uh, who uh, on um, Devi Marketplace went in the first round of their mock draft with Shane and I, I can't remember the guy's name who Shane had on, but the other the other draft analyst Scott, took, right? Yeah, yeah, it was Scott. Yeah, he he took Carson Strong in the first round. So, I've been saying Carson Strong is a first round draft pick, and I keep getting shit, shit uh, shat on for that. So I've cussed twice. I don't think I've ever cussed on this show before. Austin's Austin young comment shot, got you. He shot, he shot on him. All right. Um, I'll take right, uh, uh, since uh, I didn't get to pick mine. Uh, oh. Davey O'Brien <laughs> winner next year will be the starting quarterback <laughs> for the Ohio State Buckeyes. CJ Stroud. Why don't you just say CJ Stroud? Because it's going to be Quinn Ears. You you've been you're like you're batting Flip zero it. on naming Ohio State starters. Yeah, our, our OSU insider has no hey. idea who's playing quarterback for Ohio State at <laughs> any I given time. <laughs> hey, we'll see at this time next year when he wins the award. I'll, hey, you guys know I like to save the receipts. It's going in the phone right now. Have we seen any of the playoff teams players enter the transfer portal? I don't think so. No, I don't think so. Any of the top four. So. All right. Um, last one, the Mackey Award. I mean, Trey McBride, Charlie Kohler, and uh, J- uh, Jalen Watermeyer. This, this is, is I feel like this is relatively easy. Can Eric yeah, Gilbert win it in 2022? No, he's not going to play in 2022. It's Michael yeah, I don't Mayer. Think he plays. Yeah. Yeah. It's Michael Mayer. Um, it's not going to go to a G5 guy, but I would, uh, Josh Simon's going to have a thousand yards receiving next year. I could, could Brock Bowers win it? Maybe. Yeah, just throwing that out there. I mean, I think if actually, I had, now, if, I, if I had to choose between Michael Mayer and Brock Bowers for a Debbie roster, I don't ever draft tight ends that way. I would probably take Bowers. Is that I, a shot at me for taking Michael Mayer over Bowers? No, no did you take no. Michael Mayer over Bowers? Yeah, in the, in the mock draft. Yeah, uh, the only reason I could see Mayer winning it next year is now with with Kelly gone. I almost think Notre Dame's going to open up that offense. Watch them average like fifty five points a game next. Year. <laughs> They're going to. They really are. Watch. I'm telling you, that's why. And Mayer is going to be a huge recipient of that. That's why I think he wins it next year. All right, Brock Vandegrift is passing for three hundred yards a game next year. Don't sleep on my guy Gavin Bartholomew out there. No. Who's going to throw him the ball, though? Kyle That's McCord, a good question. Kyle McCord. Kyle McCord. Kyle. Kyle McCord thinks he's too good for Pitt. I guarantee. He you. is too good for Pitt. <laughs> His dad went to Rutgers, but he's too good for Pitt. <laughs> <laughs> that is going to be our show for tonight. Make sure you check out all of the uh, content around the campus to Canton family. Our apologies to Kirk Herbstreet. We ran out of time. We'll, we'll get him rescheduled soon. 
For Matt Bruning and Austin Nace, I'm Felix Sharp. Good night and good luck. Austin, did you upload that? Uh, you did? Did you see it on there? I I didn't. No, I didn't. Is it on there? Okay. It is, it is not on there yet. Oh. Uh, you said you were making <laughs> I was at work yesterday you were shaking when you messaged me. <laughs> you were shaking your head. I'm just like, that's okay. All right. I just want to remind you. <sighs> no, I took a call. I'll download it and get it done tomorrow. This is a low energy show today. A low energy episode. Was it? I had fun. I mean, I had fun too, but it was just... We haven't fought in a long time. And we just had Michigan-Ohio State, and you guys didn't fight at all today. There was no bet What are you going to say? Ohio State got bullied to the the point where they let Michigan score with, with, you know, the minute left or whatever. It just... That's when I was like, oh, we've broken their will. We've broken their will. When they... The weirdest reaction to that game was that somehow Hassan Haskins is now like a legitimate <laughs> prospect. Like this like, well, dude Zach Charbonnet is just literally walking into the end zone because there's they've just blown them eight yards off the line of scrimmage. And I'm supposed to be like, oh yeah, Hassan Haskins, yay! I really, really like uh, Donovan Edwards. I mean, he's a good pass catcher. He's surprised me in that. Yes. Regard. Yes. I was over by his high school. I was actually drove past his high school. His my grandmother lives right next to his high school, and I was over there uh, on for Thanksgiving. Um, but he has tremendous hands. He has tremendous, and he's so he's a big dude for a freshman. He's a big dude. So yeah, I don't remember him really catching that many passes on the stuff I watched. So this was oh yeah, he would line up in the slot. He would line up in the slot and and run go routes at uh West Bloomfield High School. Did he catch a lot though? I mean, there were enough. I mean, no high school running backs do. There was enough of that on his high school tape where you say, "Oh, this is something that he could actually do." But when you go to Michigan, they're not running. They're not putting putting running backs at wide receiver in the slot and running them on go routes. It just they're, Jim Harbaugh has never been that innovative. His student body right. There's, I still bet you they're still calling student body right. At uh, you know Jim Harbaugh is in there like get a seal here, a seal here. You run him up the alley like that's that's his. That's what he wants to do. Is he a carny? What was that accent you just that's, did? That's that's Vince Lombardi. You never seen that that video? Get a seal here, a seal here. You run him up the alley. You don't. You don't. It's like the beginning of football. The video from the beginning of football. It's Vince Lombardi. Oh, God, I wasn't born till after 1991, man. You had to give me some. When's what year were you? Do you, Matt? Do you, you know the video that I'm talking about? I was listening to something. What are you talking about? <laughs> that's me Sorry. calling every that's, week on that. That's podcast. why I was muted. I figured you guys didn't want to listen to the video I was watching. It, this is a famous video. Vince Lombardi with the Green Bay Packers. Which one? Hold on, I'm gonna play. I'm gonna play it. Hold on, I'm gonna. You've never heard that video. People uh, spoke so weird back then. Seal here, seal here. Run him up the alley. 
I guess I can take these off. <sighs> I can't wait until we remove all the 2022 guys so I can see what my rankings look like without them. It's going to be a lot easier to do it this year, thank God. Yeah. Trying to do that last year was a nightmare. Ronnie, Be- Ronnie Bell is like still on sleeper. Like, <laughs> he's apparently coming back next year. That's really good news for Michigan, by the way. I think that story's really gone under the radar. He's going to instantly be their best wide receiver. What do you mean he's still on sleeper? He, he like if still you can pick still, him up on sleeper. <laughs> I drafted him. I got auto drafted him because I I ran out of uh, whatever my timer ran out, and he's still sitting on one of my rosters in sleeper right now. Um, on my tag, there was another. There were a couple of players like that. He wasn't the only one. There were a couple of players like this guy did not c- declare for the NFL draft. So I saw that. Yeah. Felix, when are you getting your new setup? New, uh, like microphone and all that. Mm-hmm. I've been looking at it. Webcam. I've been looking at it. I got to start with the microphone first. Get your hair piece. You're going to be set. (laughs) (laughs) I, uh, I need to move. And when I do move, one of the things I'm considering is like an office and it's not to work. It's, like, well, I guess we're going to be, I guess we actually are going to be doing this stuff, and I don't really see an end to it. So I need to have a space that's um, specifically designated so it can be decorated. And I mean, essentially, a small, it's weird saying television studio, but I mean, we're family, we're to, where's TV stars, guys? <clears throat> So, oh man, Matt, are you excited about Devin Brown to Ohio State? <laughs> Not really. No, no. I don't. I, I I watched the video. I understand why he's going there. I don't. Um, like I know you guys think I'm kidding. I don't know that Stroud locked that job up. I really don't. I said at the beginning of the year, I thought the only way he'd win is the only way he would keep the job is if he won a Heisman or took the team to the natty. He didn't even take them to the playoffs. And I know it's not all on him, but I also don't think he raised his game in any of the tough games this year. Was he statistically this season? I know that doesn't account for everything. I mean, there's a lot more beyond, but was statistically he better than Justin Fields ever was there? No. No. Maybe touch no. I was I, would, I was thinking about I can't that even today. Say I was touchdown like, to interception what? ratio because I'm pretty sure Justin Fields his first year had a one, and then he had another one in the playoffs, which was against Clemson. That was it. Now his last year he may have had more in the COVID year. I don't remember. I think he had four that year. So, but no, I I don't. He only threw for like 3100. I don't even know. I'd have to look. But if you add in total yards, it's not even close because Stroud never runs. So. He, it's so weird because I saw Justin Fields do this too. They will be a, they will be, the play will break down and they'll be approaching the line of scrimmage and then they will just run laterally 
to parallel to the line as opposed to just looking for someone to throw to as opposed I'm to just you, getting five or six yards thing. there. It's a it's a Ryan Day thing. It really is. He does not want them to run. I don't know why people don't believe me when I say that. So Go look Matt, at the games. That guessing or I'm looking at their control. stats right now. So he I was did say, have statistically, a I think he outperformed him this year. Yeah, he did. Yeah, 3,800. Again, passing yards though. If you add in completion percentage too. Yeah, you can't um, like you can't look at his last year, the COVID year, because he only had the eight games, and he only played in really seven of those because he got beat up in that one game, Northwestern game, and all he did was hand off. I think he had like 10 passes in that one. But literally the only the, the only thing Fields has on him is yeah, he had a 41 to three touchdown yard. interception ratio. He had 38 yeah. to five. And yeah. beyond that, he was higher like yards per attempt, adjusting yards per attempt, quarterback rating, completion percentage, yardage. Like he's beats him and everything else. I'm not saying that makes him a better quarterback. I was just thinking about No, that I think a, a big part of that is, though, too, is that you look at the way Ryan Day handled the offense this year, and it's a lot more passing than it was back then. J.K. Dobbins was getting like 20-plus carries a game back then. That kind of limits what uh, what you can do passing-wise. And he also didn't have Garrett Wilson until the COVID year, and that they played eight games. That's including the playoffs. I think they only played six Big Ten games that year. So I mean that yeah. that's the thing. I don't I don't know that Justin Fields ever got the the team around him that CJ Stroud does. Like that and I know it doesn't matter. Like I, I was talking we were talking about this in our Slack a little bit. Like I understand that you're cherry picking stats here, but if you can go look at what the wide receivers did after the catch, it's half of CJ Stroud's yards. He was not throwing the ball down the field like Justin Fields did. Right. A lot of his stuff was those quick throws to, to Chris Olave and Jackson Smith and Jigba, and those guys went and did all the work. Travion Henderson with all of his that he took to the house on those catches. I mean, I just I'm, – and I'm not saying Stroud's a bad quarterback because he's not. I, I think he's still probably the second best quarterback in that draft class right now behind Bryce Young. But my point is, like, with Fields, in the big games, he elevated himself – and the team was elevated around him because of his play. Point out where C.J. Stroud did that in any of the big games. I'll I'll, I'll sit here and wait until you can find that because he didn't. The Oregon game, he didn't do it. Nebraska game, he didn't do it. Michigan, he didn't do it. He was just good enough. And that that's kind of my thing. I'm not saying I don't know that Quinn would be. I don't know that Kyle McCord would be. I mean, I'll just say Devin Brown because he's coming there. I don't know that Devin Brown would be that either. All of them may be worse than C.J. Stroud. And he may end up actually getting the job next year. I just, I do think that it will actually be an open competition. If he had won the Heisman, if he had beat Michigan, and they're going to the playoffs, and they're like, oh, Bama loses this weekend, like, oh, C.J. Stroud wins the Heisman, I would find it very hard for Day to come in next year. Like, oh, no, it's still an open competition. Well, he's going to be a Heisman finalist. He's probably going to be a Heisman finalist, even if he doesn't win it. Yeah, but I, I mean, who is it that was a Heisman finalist? I was looking at the – I was watching the the Browns-Ravens game on Sunday night, and they were talking about – because Baker and Lamar were there back-to-back years. They were talking about some quarterback. I can't even remember the dude's name anymore. That was a Heisman finalist. I don't really care if you're a Heisman finalist. You've got to win the award. I'm just – I just – I think the probability that C.J. Stroud goes from Heisman finalist to losing the job at Ohio State, that would be very, very low. Maybe. Yeah, I'd put it at like less than a 5% chance, in my opinion. I don't know if you can take that job from him. Again, like we saw 
some of the players talking about this already. I forget with one of these coaching moves already and like the, the, the locker room had been lost because he did something like, I think you lose part of a locker room if you do that. I do. The guys, People, the guys who so. fought for him the most though are gone. Yeah. That's the problem. My, I, like I said, I don't know that it happens, but if they go into the spring game next year and Ewers does what we think he can do, I think he's going to take that job because he's just a better player. And the one thing that's a feather in his cap that was not in McCord's, he's been there all year. He now knows the offense. He's not going in in January like McCord did. He's had an entire year in that offense. He's going in technically as a sophomore, not a freshman. I feel like you're making the same arguments that I made for why C.J. Stroud was going to start over Kyle McCord and why you're saying – Quinn Ewers is somehow going to start over C.J. Stroud when C.J. Stroud now has two years of experience in the offense and a year of starting experience and big being in big game, big games. I just, I don't, I think that the, I just think that the probability of him losing that job after putting up, I mean, you you could probably stack up his first year start. His, this is a freshman season. Yeah, yeah. With a month like all, t- you could probably put it up all time amongst freshman season statistically. And then he's going to lose a job. I have a really hard time calling these kids freshmen anymore. They're not trying to just win, you know, 10 games in the Big Ten, though. That's my point. And again, I'm not saying it's all on him because it wasn't. I, he wasn't the reason that they lost to Michigan. He's probably not even in the top five but he didn't elevate himself. And I think that part matters. Ryan day does not want to go 10 and two again next year. I promise you that he doesn't want to lose to Michigan again next year. They want to be in the playoffs. If CJ Stroud does not. What? I'm, I'm just, I'm a little worried that, that, Ohio State just like curb stomps Michigan next year. I don't think so. I think Michigan's back. I really do. I actually, I hate admitting this. I was talking with a bunch of the guys with on with Ray this morning that I, I think Michigan would give Georgia a game if they make it into the national championship. I think they match up better against Georgia than anybody else in the playoffs. They are literally the first play of the game going to knock Hassan Haskins' helmet completely backwards on his head. <laughs> Georgia? There is zero doubt, doubt in my mind. My, my point with that is Michigan's defense can slow down Georgia's bad offense because Georgia's offense does not 45. Georgia hasn't played better. anybody like the group. Exactly. Can, Aiden Hutchinson weird. and Jabba are going to put so much on, on Stetson Bennett, and I think that they can stop that run game enough that it's going to come down to a weird play. Like I actually I, I, think Michigan can hang with. I actually, I, I meant really to do. put the like the SEC championship game on the on the show sheet, and I did. I think that that game is like a nineteen seventeen type game. It might like, be it, like it's not even going to be twenty points who, that wins it. Like I'm not saying Michigan's going to win because I agree with you. Like their offense is not going to be able to score like they did against Ohio State, but I don't think Georgia's offense is going to be able to score the way they've been playing. Like if you go and look at some of the teams. When they struggled, it was those teams that played good defensively, but then those teams just kind of faltered in the second half, and then that's when Georgia took over. I don't think Michigan falters in the second half. Not when you have Aiden Hutchinson, who can literally take over a game. There was I mean, a I know that, that he, had that, he destroyed that, a dude who's supposed to be a first-round yeah. pick. Do I mean, he, yeah. that's what you see in Madden, dude, when you're like, <laughs> oh, I'm going to bull rush him, and you knock the dude on his ass. Like, yeah. Aiden Hutchinson will change that game yeah. in his favor, and it's Stetson Bennett. I'm sorry. Like, I, I – 
no offense to Chris Moxley. Well, he's not listening. It's not going to the podcast and he's not going to watch this. So I know he's put up statistically a really good year. Aiden Hutchinson's going to eat his lunch, man. It, it's going to be, it's going to be a good game if they make I, it. I don't, I don't know I just if they think win. But the that's first, it. That's for, for teams like Michigan. The first quarter against a team like Georgia is like, you just walk to the sideline after you're three and out and your eyes are the size of like your whole entire face. And you're just like, what the fuck just happened to me? Like I'm that I just see that happening. But I don't think Georgia would pants them in my opinion. Uh, So I don't, I I don't think that um, in some respects, Ohio state's game plan plays into what Michigan wants to do defensively play man to man defense. Let that front four rush rush. If, if 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 you can run at an elite pass rusher, you kind of well one you can beat them up and you take they're not you they're not rushing the passer because you're running the football, and Georgia can run the football. Yeah, I mean Georgia could run the ball fifty times that game if they wanted to, and they can play. All right, we're gonna beat you. We're gonna beat you fourteen to three, and it could be a fourteen to three game. But I I don't think. I think that uh, Michigan is smart enough to know that that's what they're going to try to do. And that's what my point is. I don't think they can put it on Stetson Bennett to beat them. I think you can put it on Stetson Bennett to beat Alabama State or Vanderbilt. That's what I'm saying. I don't think that Missouri. you have to. Like I could, you could, I could see Stetson Bennett throwing the ball 15 times. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I don't think Georgia's going to be able to run on them as, as well as you think they're going to. Like I think they'll be able to. They're going to win the game. I, I don't see any way they don't win the national championship, but I don't think they're going to pants them, as Austin put it. I think Mark, it's going to be like Mark, a 14-7 game. 105-15 on here. Mark this down for when these two teams play in the national championship game. James Cook is the MVP of that game because he's going to catch 12 passes for like 180 yards because that Michigan cannot stop the short and intermediate pass game at all as we saw last week it is just they don't do it well i i james cook is just gonna have himself a game we'll see so that's i like james cook as an nfl player too by the way he's fine i mean if if who's what's white's first name in new england i've already james forgotten white. james james white yeah i think he could be a james white type James White was actually like a legitimately really good running back in college, mm-hmm. though, which I think people forget. Like, I don't know if James Cook is actually like a good running back. Like, he's a really good receiver. Like, I, Tyler Beatty, I think, equates to James White pretty well. Like, I forget exactly what James White's best season was at Wisconsin from a rushing perspective, but it was. Why are there four James Whites that all played at the same time? All right, we're going to guess here. <laughs> That's not that one. I'm trying to find. It wasn't that one either. Okay. Oh, well, that's not good. So he ran for his senior year. He ran for almost fifteen hundred yards on six and a half yards wow. per carry. And had thirteen touchdowns. I do not remember that. Like he was, he was legitimately a very, very good running back there. What he just only that? weighed 195 pounds. 2013. Well, I would have been, I would have been in law school. Well, he ran for a thousand yards as a true freshman. Really? 2010 ran for 1,052 yards, almost seven yards a carry, eleven or fourteen touchdowns, 
and then had 11 catches that season too. Yeah. Well, I mean, Wisconsin does do a really good job of, of getting those big boys up front. I feel like I could get a yard behind that line, maybe. I think you get 1.3. 1.3. I, I could get one yard against against Ohio State's defense right now. Oh, you get 2.2 <laughs> against Ohio State's defense. <laughs> Double it up, baby. <clears throat> it was really funny because they kind of stopped the run for the first like two drives. And I was sitting there with some buddies and I was like, wow, like I can't remember a team like turning around their rush defense like this in one year from like the beginning of the season, the end of the season. Then the rest of the game, they just, I was like, okay, never mind." Like, I, I tried to off. tell everybody that that shit was not going to work out. Like I legitimately thought that's what I meant when we talked the week before. That's what I thought Michigan state was going to do to them with Kenneth Walker. And they just decided not to give the ball to Kenneth, which, which granted, I think they were down like 21. Oh, so quickly that maybe that's why they just kind of didn't give the ball to Kenneth Walker. But that's realistically what I thought Kenneth Walker and that all that offense was going to do to Ohio state in that game against Michigan state. Yeah. They didn't even really try to rush it. Yeah. Well, they couldn't, I mean, they went down so quickly. I, I, I honestly think it was, it was like 21 Oh, in the first quarter. And at that point you can't really run the ball. You probably have to pass it to try and get back in it. You guys good to, to cut it. Yeah, you can cut it. Bye, everybody. Side of the field, intercepted by Eli Apple at the 25. And Apple will go to the ground at the 32, and that's it. Ohio State National Champions for the eighth time as they defeat Oregon 42 to 20. Here's Tua, stepping back, loads up, looks long, throws, end zone, touchdown! Touchdown, Alabama! Devontae Smith, touchdown, Alabama! And the Crimson Tide has once again ascended to the top of the college football mountain. Their fifth national championship in nine years, their 17th overall. Watson takes a snap, rolls right, looks to the end zone. Hunter Rimbaud caught it! Touchdown! 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 With a second left, Watson hits Rimbaud! And Clemson grabs a 34-31 lead and is one second away from the second national championship in school history. Hill. Just in front of his end zone, has a man out there, it is Ranger, and he's off to the races, nobody will catch him! <laughs> 93 yards for the freshman! Up, made the adjustments in the second quarter. Dobbins again, more than 10 yards per carry, he'll add to that! Goodbye, touchdown Ohio State. From 52 yards.